<laughs> and they're getting rowdy, so. <laughs> so, so sorry. I'm sorry. Rod's yeah, I know. Here? Oh my. Been, now the pressure goes the way up. You're the problem of the rowdiness out there. <laughs> it's it's Will and Ron. <clears throat> we're, giving, we're giving marriage advice. Would you like to give any? Yes, do it. <laughs> Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, we're continuing with our Valentine's Day episode with a conversation with another Samaritan's Purse couple, David and Beth Thompson. David serves as Senior Director for Operation Christmas Child International, and Beth serves as a Medical Program Specialist with the Cleft Lip and Cataract Program. I love the way that they met while serving with Samaritan's Purse and the way that they continue to remember their calling of serving the Lord and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. We talk about so many things, serving over the years, the way that they surrender their marriage, and the privilege it is to share this vision with their kids. They bring equal parts of wisdom, encouragement, and humor. So get ready to laugh and be encouraged. And speaking of laugh, you'll occasionally hear some uh, talking and laughter outside the hall. The room that we were in was in a very... um, public area where a lot of people were passing by. And so sometimes it's hard to hear, but stick with us. This conversation really is meaningful. So God called you both to Samaritan's Purse separately. This is what we love. Um, He called you, you were obedient to follow God where he led you. And then he brought you a spouse because you met while working at Samaritan's Purse, correct? Yeah, he had to bring me one all the way to Mongolia. So yeah, so talk hardcore. to me about, which which I love, Beth. Um, I mean, I love hearing all the couple stories, but you were all the way in Mongolia. I mean, for all you knew, you might be single your whole life. I mean, if you yeah. stayed, you know, there, but God brought you someone. And so that's what I love, you know, follow the Lord where He leads you. And if He wants you to be married, He will bring you somebody to Mongolia. So yeah, talk to me about how you guys met. Uh, yeah, so we met um, initially. I was um, I was a nurse in Raleigh, and I was up hiking in the mountains, actually up here, because this is where you come if you're from the bigger city. You come up to the mountains, and I was with a friend. So we actually met up here. I didn't know Samaritan's Purse was up here, but I had always done Operation Christmas Child as a kid, so I was familiar with that. Not the um, breadth of what Samaritan's Purse had, you know, was a part of. Um, and uh, so we met on a hike, but then it was actually not David who recruited me here. It was a friend of his that said, hey, you should really check out the SP had an internship at that time. Not what it is today, but it was a little different. Um, and you should check it out and uh, see, because I think you'd be a great fit. And I was like, well, I'm a nurse. I don't know that they have anything um, that would fit me, but I looked into it and I ended up getting sent to Mongolia as my first assignment and then returning there. <clears throat> Uh, subsequently after the internship. Um, So Dave and I actually connected outside of Samaritan's Purse, but it wasn't until I was in Mongolia Mm -hmm. that we actually started uh, connecting more. So I don't know if it's just the distance or what. (laughs) Yeah, that was... Any comments on meeting her? Oh, we were at Espresso News and there was a flash of light and there were these wings and (laughs) she turned the corner and, you know, it was... No, no, actually, it was with Travis Critcher. (laughs) And we were getting coffee before we went hiking. And uh, at the end, I tried to get best number from Travis because he had had the connection and he's like, no, I'm going to keep it. And then he's like, yeah, I won't... (laughs) He so, said she's going to go overseas because I really had a calling to go into right. missions and he didn't want, uh, he felt like David might mess that up. Oh. 
So I just messed it he up later. withheld. <laughs> just trying to protect God's plan for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like, funny. He saw a future Eileen Coleman, and I, and I saw my wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. Because, yeah, Aileen gave up an engagement to go serve the Did Lord she? overseas and felt called to singleness. Yeah, she wow. was engaged, but he was called to Africa, and she was called to the Middle East, and she broke it off. Which I always hear that story, and I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Um, but sometimes God does call us and is, does have a plan. And so here, I love that, how you met, but then you said, nope, I'm going to go follow the Lord, and then your paths. Yeah, I used to always have to um, talk Jim Harrelson and Jim Lunsell, my old boss. You know, I'd be like, we have, we have a need for strategic planning. We have a need for team building. We need to build some more teams. We need to uh, really just get out there in Mongolia. That's, that's going to be our premier country. And... Uh, Little did they know that I had ulterior reason to want to go. Thankfully, though, I was definitely not best boss, as I think her mom for a while was under the impression of. That would have been a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. So, projects OCC very different, mm-hmm. very much separate chain of commands. Thank the Lord, and yeah, we uh, would go out to like an Indian restaurant in Ulaanbaatar, and we, yeah, all of our first dates were in Ulaanbaatar. Your courtship was overseas. Yeah, it was long distance. At that, at that time, Skype was the mm-hmm. premier method of communication. Mm-hmm. But it was neat to see how the Lord was, I mean, we were so many time zones apart that you mm-hmm. think, how can you develop a mm-hmm. relationship? But it just so worked that even the time zone was easier because it was exactly you know 12 or 13 hours. So one of us would be up really early in the morning or one of us would be, mm-hmm. um, you know, going to bed basically. Um, and then the regions... It just worked out that he was the um, regional director at the time for OCC, and and Mongolia was part of his portfolio, and so we would end up at the same conferences, like stuff we couldn't really coordinate. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Lord just kept giving us like touch points, mm-hmm. you know. So I definitely thought when he first started pursuing me, there's no way he'll um, you know stay on board because I live a long, long ways mm-hmm. away, and I didn't have any intention of really like leaving or <laughs> wasn't going to come back to date someone. <laughs> but God just worked it out, yeah. I love that. But I love that. But now, so now here you are, you're both working uh, full-time. And I know there are probably some advantages, but there are also probably some hard, you know, difficulties in that. So can you talk to me about the blessings about working? I mean, you work in different departments, so you do different things on a day-to-day, but you work for the same ministry. So essentially you work together. What are the benefits of that and how has God grown your marriage? Yeah, I think both of us, because we're so called to the ministry, that's a, a unique shared mm-hmm. uh, experience for us. Um, and we are able to, I think we understand, you know, when you are when you have to travel a lot, this year has been unique because of, of COVID. We haven't traveled as much, but our, <clears throat> for many years, like that's been a part of our relationship. So there's been no kind of change. We've always been... Um, We've been doing that our whole, you know, dating and married life. And so I think that's uniquely helped us in some ways because we both know what it's like to travel, what it's like to stay home. We both feel connected in a way um, on the front lines, maybe, so to speak, because we both um, do that. Um, And then we both also know what it's like to stay home now with kids. We know that it's uh, really hard to stay home sometimes and be the one managing the household. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so not only does do I understand that as a wife, but David understands that as a husband when I travel, what it's like to manage. And so we appreciate, mm-hmm. I think, those things. And I think that strengthened um, our marriage. Well, in that certainly regard. the harder job yes. in traveling, Chris Marion's purse. <laughs> I think, to, yeah. you know, I love our kids, but mm-hmm. when you're flying solo, it's that's a. It's no joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have family in the area. So our moms come in from time to time and, and support in a big way. That makes it doable, you know, but um, yeah, when, when you're coordinating everything, that's just, it's intense, mm-hmm. but I think it makes you know that you're got to fall back on your calling, got to fall back mm-hmm. on the spiritual impact and uh, what we know we're part of in terms of seeing lives transform on a physical level and spiritually with Best Project or with Operation Christmas Child, equipping churches, helping church planners, supporting missions to unreach people group. I mean, what else is there that's more important than being part of that? So I think we want to entrust that to our kids as the legacy of our, our calling in, in marriage is, I mean, I was showing Kai the other day, the newsletter and, and saying, look at this is, this is Samaritan's purse plane. This is our plane where mommy and daddy work. And we use it to take, you know, medical supplies and, gifts to kids and, and to share the gospel. And I, I just, the, the light in his eye going on for that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how you said that. The harder part is <clears throat> being home um, and not going, because I didn't think that was my heart for this podcast was to speak to family members, you know, speak to staff, um, that our calling is the same, whether you're going or you're staying. And I, I love how you said that, fall back on your calling and remember why God called you to do this. And some, you know, some people listening, only one of them serves, you know, one of the spouses. And so the spouse that's not serving, you are serving too. This is your calling. You're doing, you know, you're doing it together and they Absolutely. couldn't do it without your support. Thousand percent, yeah. Um, um, so you guys have the the unique perspective where you both are serving. So I think that does add some, some benefit. But for those who aren't, um, I guess, what would you say to people back home? You know, what, what, what does God remind you when you're back home that you've learned from being over there? I guess, because you guys get to do both. You know, some stay while, mm-hmm. while he goes and, and you travel while, you know. So I guess, what would you say to those that, that are serving full-time at home? You're the backbone. I mean, I just mm-hmm. don't think that, that there's a ministry without mm-hmm. those who sacrifice and, and give of, of themselves that way. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's why... This ministry exists is because of godly spouses mm-hmm. who have um, stepped into that calling, and you're the foundation. Like some people are called to go build the wall, other people are the mm-hmm. foundation, and you know our children are our ultimately greatest legacy, even more than ministry mm-hmm. and our personal lives. I believe that that we just have to keep that priority in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're <clears throat> a lot of times the unsung hero. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's cliche a little bit, but um, while, while we're on the field and we get to see the tangible results when when you um, are home, um, you uh, get the privilege maybe to share that with your, your kids, but like how you um, translate that message, because I even know when David's gone, um, you know, it can be a long time and the kids are, they want dad or when is that happening again? And um, maybe they're acting up and... Um, it is a really hard, I think it's the harder job. And uh, so to be able to keep that vision alive within the heart of your family and the heart of your kids is uh, so important. And yeah, 
we wouldn't be able to do the jobs that we have without the support of the other ones. So if you have one spouse that stays um, home, particularly if you have kids and you're raising kids, or even if you don't and you're supporting them to go and leave, mm -hmm. um, sometimes for extended periods of time, um, the attitude and how you um, do that is so important, um, especially when you have fam uh, you know, kids. Mm -hmm. I also had the opportunity to talk with Andrew and Anessa Johnston. They both work in broadcast and they gave great wisdom and perspective on work and traveling with Samaritan's Purse. I thought you'd like to hear Anessa's perspective as a young couple. I think working here, you do have to kind of surrender, you know, your, mm -hmm. your plan, you know, you're following the Lord and it does come, there are some costs. Mm -hmm. So I guess my, yeah, my question is for people that may be in a marriage that they do have to travel, they do have to work, or work bleeds in, or they bring work home. How do you guys maintain your marriage through that? Yeah, I feel like I'm really blessed because I'm the one that definitely travels a lot more. So sometimes it's a moment's notice where I'm like, I'm so sorry, babe, I've got to go <laughs> on a plane tomorrow morning and we had dinner plans or whatever it was. And he's just so gracious and I think marriage obviously teaches you selflessness. And I think even marriage um, inside of working at Samaritan's Purse even teaches you that more mm -hmm. of like, okay, the Lord is first and we need to figure out, okay, if you're serving the Lord and this is one way that He's called you to serve the Lord, we need to be selfless and we need to say, okay, our schedule gets to, to be rearranged and that's okay and we'll make up for it and we'll make sure we we do set those boundaries. One thing that we've done, which has been really amazing and healthy for us is every Friday night is date night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so even last week I, I had a project due and I knew that I could have worked Friday night late. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to come back Saturday morning. And we both agreed together. We're like, nope, this is good. We're going to leave at 4.30 and to, you do need to complete your task and you'll come back in on Saturday. But we've we set that aside and we want to protect that and so we're gonna still do date night and we're still gonna make the deadline <laughs> we're gonna do it all and that's something that we he's done a great job of like protecting that friday night date night mm -hmm. and you mentioned you have three small children so yeah. to both work full-time is a large feat and then to add <clears throat> traveling um, and, and involve the kids. And I love the way you said you, you try to engage them in it and show them what you're doing and get them excited. Um, so working together, I'm sure there are challenges and there are some, some drawbacks. So how do you guys, I guess, have boundaries or build safeguards to protect your marriage and to protect your kids while working, serving full-time? Because I know serving can take a lot from you. Yeah, well, I'll just clarify. I do only work part-time now. Mm -hmm. So that did change when we had kids. So I worked full Full time, but now um, when we started having kids, I think to help, we I couldn't travel at the mm -hmm. capacity. So I, I would say that it has changed in our family is that I have taken um, probably a lesser role on the field mm -hmm. <laughs> to support our family when they're small. Um, but you still go, you know, yeah. three, four, five, you know, times a year. So yeah, that's full time when you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, I don't know, we try to, yeah, have dates and do things that invest in each other. Mm -hmm. um, even like, it's great to invest in family time, but it's really important, I think, for us to be on the same page and <clears throat> to invest in our marriage through time away or time alone together <laughs> without our three small. <laughs> mm 
children. And I think, you know, the strength of Boone or Wilkes or where a lot of Samaritan First folks work is that you really can zero in on work and family and church and just, you don't have like high society events or country club mm-hmm. or 15 other like, you know, clubs that you want to be part of that maybe in a Charlotte you'd be drawn into. I think, you know, there's a greater ability to laser focus in on mm-hmm. work as a ministry, church and family. And just, there's not a whole lot of like keeping up with the Joneses in Boone, you know, that I'm aware of, you know, I don't think anybody really cares the car you drive or, you know, even maybe the house you live in, which I think is a great equalizer and allows us to not just, just, you know, as soon as work's done, I think there's a general, you know, sense of get home and Mm -hmm. be with your kids and make them the priority. And, and, you know, Ron Wilcox, you know, he he was just here. He models that well, you know, and I think um, there's a lot of others that do that as well. And those are the the leaders that I want to be like. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how has God um, strengthened, I mean, this is all you know of your marriage is meeting, you know, in the ministry and serving. Um, but what has God taught you over the years um, about serving, um, serving Him? And like you said, falling back on your calling, because um, this is an intentional choice, you know, to work in a ministry. You know, you could go do your jobs anywhere else, work a nine to five and not have to you know, travel and have all these extra demands. So how has God strengthened your marriage and used this to grow you in your faith? Well, if you go home to SP, you just got to buckle up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much of the God room and I was on the orientation panel this morning. You just, the stories you hear from Kenny or Paula or who, you know, there's just every part of the ministry that we're part of, there's just... Um, so much that you you see God move, and then you get to pray over that, and you get to share that with your kids. I, I, it, that strengthens our marriage, I think, is that we're missional, we're on point, and you know you're in a sweet spot of like a place that the Lord just has His hand of blessing on. And you just can go for it. Yeah, I think you get to see God provide over and over. Yeah. So, I mean, if God can provide a spouse for me in Mongolia, yeah. <laughs> God can provide, you know, uh, you just see God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. over and over. Um, And I I think I was really worried when I had kids, how would this look like? That was a huge fear for me, actually, when Malachi was born, probably, because I really, I loved what I did and I felt really called Mm -hmm. to it. What what does this look like now? And I saw God be faithful in like just providing. So yeah, sometimes I get concerned about, oh, how will this all work out? How will this all work together? How will my kids, like, am I hurting them or am I, because... There's no lack of opinions on, mm-hmm. you know, in parenting, if you should work or not work or if you should. But um, it, it's just been great to see the Lord be faithful um, each step of the way. He doesn't always give us, uh, you know, the answers super far in advance. You know, He didn't provide what I needed when Malachi was born, you know, when I got married. Um, mm-hmm. But He provides each time. So I think by trusting Him each step of the way, um, the Lord just opens up what is the right thing to do next. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, I guess we hold it with an open hand too, right? Where mm-hmm. where does the Lord guide and direct for today, uh, for tomorrow, for this week? And He'll just keep showing you. And I think, yeah, we've seen that over and over in our life, uh, you know, separately, but then also together as a family. And uh, that's been, it's been powerful. Mm-hmm. I think you're at your best when you have a, a challenge that is, you know, daunting, exciting, overwhelming, and then you just go for it. And I think there's so many of those at Samaritan's Purse and 
I think that keeps you sharp and that, you know, if you, as long as you're intentional to take that home with you, then you can really, you know, th- this place is like very professional, very exceptional, very resourced. And I, I love that. Like I grew up in a missionary family where you had to go, you know, with the tambourine and the guitar and sing songs at churches and, you know, raise your own funds. And that was hard work, you know, like what I'm, I'm just grateful I show up here and I can just work hard, be done, go home and be present. Like that to me is the, is the winning combination for Samaritan's Purse. And why you have people here who were here forever compared to most industries or companies, organizations where they're just jumping around. I mean, I think even there's a lot of millennials that have been here for 10 years. I was the last year of the millennials, Mm -hmm. 1980. (laughs) I think too, the policies of Samaritan's Purse, some of them, um, there's one in particular that has allowed, if you travel over so many uh, days per year, um, the, the spouse family trip, and you can bring your spouse on a trip. And I, I just really encourage spouses that you know qualify for that to go, because I think that is a way to uh, really experience for yourself um, what God is doing through bring the ministry, and it brings it to life. And I know even though both of us you know, worked independently. I, when we were younger, I actually went with David on a spouse trip because we qualified. And so I got to see OCC's work and it was really, it, really unique and really great. And it was, I saw him in a whole new light because I got to experience that part of his life. And even though we worked for the same organization, um, working in different departments, um, I never got to experience that. So I thought, think even more so for um, families that um, where one spouse stays home, if you qualify, to be able to use that, that's a real gift. And that shows, I think, the <clears throat> um, the vision of the organization for families. Um, I, I really appreciate that policy or, yeah, policy, whatever Opportunity. that is. Opportunity, yeah. 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 No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I think just, yeah, to be reminded and pulled in. And that's, again, the, 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 the goal of this podcast is to, yeah, sh- yeah. to speak to those that maybe, because I, I feel privy that I get to see part aspects of the ministry, because I might be pretty resentful if I didn't, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, you know, they are gone a lot and it takes a toll, but you're just a, as big a part of it. You just might not get to go. You are the sender and they couldn't go without a sender, so. And you learn how to pray. You yes. Know, and- and it does, I mean, you were making that point earlier, but it's just like the way you frame travel or the job, if it's not a travel job, is so important with your kids. And I think if your kids know that you're your spouse's biggest fan, like I just, I'm, I'm, couldn't be more of a bigger fan than I am of what Beth does and her team and the impact that her and Karen Daniels and Bethany Densham have. And like, I, that will never change every day, you know? And mm-hmm. I want my kids to see that. I want my daughter to do, to know that and and like know that she can step into that. Like there's no if ands or questions about that for me. And I think Beth does that as well and that's it simplifies everything if you have that kind of champion's heart for your spouse in their role. Whether you're working here both or just one, I mean, what else you got better to champion than the work impact that that happens here? Mm-hmm. The bears? No. your favorite football team the Panthers you know I mean like what what, what are you going to teach your kids better than what we all get to do together which is take Mm -hmm. the gospel to people that are lost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think the prayer support is uh, it's just critical 
um, and that we see a lot of that. And we have even in our project, my um, my good friend Karen, like David was saying, says her mom always prays. Like her main thing that she prays for is that the stuff would get into the country, like all our supplies and stuff like that. And I'm convinced that <laughs> like mm. almost 10 years of programming, the reason we've gotten our supplies into a lot of countries is because her mom prays. Mm. And um, on time delivery. On time delivery, mm. because there's been a lot of challenges. And I, I think that's, um, again, something that maybe isn't recognized as much, or it's, you know, it's something that we, we do, but maybe we don't, um, yeah, it's not something that we see uh, or we don't think about it as tangibly or something, but it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. I know I think of, um, now I'm like, I don't even know where it is. I should know. But when, you know, Joshua is fighting the Amalekites, Moses has to lift his hands, you know, and Ben and her are helping him lift. I think of that because, you know, Moses was the leader, the the fighter, you know, the soldiers were the fight, were fighting it. So mm-hmm. they were doing the actual, but he couldn't have done it, you know, without that support. And especially as we're talking marriage, yeah. you know, in marriage, um, I know Edward the best, you know, I am his biggest advocate. And so I can either use that, you know, for insight and intercession to our, to our father, mm-hmm. you know, or I can totally neglect that, you know, and, and it's really our, my loss, his loss, you know, if, if you neglect that. And so I think speaking specifically to marriage, I guess, how would you encourage people to pray and to um, support their spouse? How do you guys do that uh, tangibly? Well, sometimes we get to sit together at devotions. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I would say that's something I want to do more. I, I mean, mm. I don't think we pray enough together. I mean, I, as this, the you know spiritual accountability that I have as the husband, I, you know, I want to do that more. I don't think we we you know, the enemy doesn't want us to. So mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't think I've got it. Personally, I, I, I am very devoted and committed to prayer. And I do bring a lot of the things up to the Father for Beth. But I think, I, I mean, I, I want us to do more. Mm-hmm. True confession. <laughs> yeah, I think um, praying with the kids when your spouse is traveling, particularly mm-hmm. about this certain ministry objectives that you're trying to, um, come along. I know we share a lot of photos, so um, that makes it more like real life to them um, when they see kids with cleft lips or kids getting shoe boxes. Um, that's really it makes it more real, I think. And then we can pray specifically um, for them. Um, we pray a lot, I think, for just the logistics, honestly, of a program like. Lord, make the supplies get there. Lord, help the flights to be on time. Lord, uh, pray for, um, I mean, certain weather we have to pray for. I mean, we pray for all sorts of different things that seem small, but they're really big and they can impact programs kind of uh, mm-hmm. significantly. Um, but I think that is um, part of cultivating um, in your kids um, maybe just a spirit of like dependence on the Lord. Um, because I know that I, yeah, we definitely feel that because sometimes we're asked to do things that feel much bigger <laughs> than what we are in mm-hmm. our own abilities mm-hmm. can do. And so when we see the Lord work and answer those prayers, then we, we can also show uh, tangible results to, mm-hmm. to our kids too and see how that mm-hmm. has changed them. <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's encouraging. And I think you guys, um, you know, are one of the couples that have young kids. So you are, you know, juggling an added, um, not responsibility, but 
yeah, dynamic, and you can either pull them in yeah. or push them out. And I think for you, I'm growing up, you're a missionary kid, mm-hmm. you know, um, how did, I guess, learning from growing up, how did that help you to invite them into ministry with you? My dad was great at that. I mean, and my mom, and just uh, being a preacher's kid, church planner kid, missionary mm-hmm. kid. I mean, there's a lot that, that go off the rails just because I think there's a like a scrutiny or whatever. Um, my parents just were like, hey, let's go coordinate. Let's, you're a kid. You can help coordinate the Bible program and mm-hmm. hand out Bibles, and you can come to the meetings and listen in. And I do think it's hard to involve your kids sometimes at Samaritan's Purse because it is a more corporate professional environment, which is a, the right thing. But I think, you know, that means as a parent, mm. you have to kind of go the extra mile. Mm. And, you know, when we do have the lunchroom open, you know, and, and, and the newsletters and the videos, there's other dynamics that you can use to draw them in. I think you just have to be intentional about that. I, I mean, it would be just such a missed opportunity if, you, if you're if your kid, if you work here and your kids grow up resenting Samaritan's mm-hmm. Purse, like because it, it, it don't let that happen. Like make make find a way. I, I don't know. I I don't have all the answers, but like it's game time when you show up at home after work and those those couple hours that you have, you know, are are, are the most precious that you'll ever get in your whole life with your kids. So mm-hmm. just find a way. I don't, I'm not. I don't have the answers, but I just show the newsletter or show video mm-hmm. or. Well, you know, um, tell stories. I mean, like we do it here really well, but we have a, a responsibility to do it at home too, you know, and not just take it for granted. I think it's being intentional too when you're home, right? So you get maybe travel recovery days to take those mm-hmm. and to and to take those to invest in your family or your kids or to do something special. David and I, when before we had kids, it's a little harder now, but we used to take those days when one of us would get done with a trip and we'd been gone a long time from each other to try to intentionally connect. So it doesn't always just happen naturally. You have to invest. You have mm-hmm. to in, be intentional about your marriage. Go away. Get away from the mundane of just even your your home and the projects that it takes and uh, to be thinking particularly mm-hmm. about maybe the, the spouse that stayed home. What do they need to refresh? Mm-hmm. What do they need um, to be invested in? Because they need to feel uh, whether or not they have kids or don't have kids, they need to feel valued and they need to feel that they have part of you. So to not let just the ministry or the work become everything, but to that you'll actually be stronger and better at your job. You'll be better at leading people if your home life is good, if mm-hmm. your marriage is rock solid, if your kids love you and they grow up not to resent the fact that you travel or you're away or that you're with other kids and not them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that takes intentionality. It doesn't just happen. Get a map, yeah. point out where they are, pray over it, you know, the mm-hmm. little things like that. Yeah, we have a map where of all the places we've traveled ways. To, together and then the places we've traveled separately. And so our kids will look at that and it helps them kind of picture the world too, mm-hmm. um, to see the different places we've been and, you know, as we learn to- I want to fire their imaginations up. I want them to, mm-hmm. you know, think I can do that and it's awesome that, that mom does that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to- to believe as they grow up that they have unbelievable opportunity because they do just the fact they're even uh, connected to this story and what mm-hmm. God's doing here. Again, I mean, they don't have to go 
sing songs in churches with tambourine like I did. Mm-hmm. You know, they just get the opportunity to go on, you know, a, a, like a, a trip when they get, what, 12 or something, you know, if, if, you're, if you're part of that travel team. Or if you mm-hmm. just stay here 10 years and you don't have a travel job, you get to go. I mean, I've taken many people on their 10-year trip and their 15-year trip. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a long time to wait. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's also, you got to be loyal, you know, mm-hmm. like, you, the, and, and you don't have to go. You can show videos. You can you can be intentional about that. I mean, w- w- the resources that we have on that are second to none. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a choice. I know I was thinking today mm-hmm. about all these vitamins trying to get healthy, and I'm like, I have to actually take them. Right. You know, buying or them. Fl- like flossing. Yeah, it's I like- mean, <laughs> buying these things is great, but right. you have to actually do it. And right. so I think you're right. There are opportunities. There are things to do, but you have to actually do it and engage your kids and, and get them involved. And I, I I'm... I'm convicted or guilty of that too, but um, I think it's good. It's just good to hear from someone that that does it, and um, and you're still working and learning and growing, and yeah, I mean, but yeah, and that's part of it is it's progress. You know, it's just not stopping and getting complacent, and you know, so totally. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I guess. I feel like that was encouraging and good and lots of good tidbits, especially to parents, you know, juggling it all. I think you guys bring that added element. Well, I, I always say. tell my one of my best friends about Beth when we, we you know, we were just starting a date and he he we were on a, a chair left and he looked at me and goes, But she lives in Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah, I think if you're if you're even single and listening to this, like hmm. this is a great place to I just the, for the Lord to lead you to someone mm. that's really co- cool. That, that's I remember when Beth was like getting this like Land Cruiser out of a, a tin box in Mongolia that was like the, the storage shed. I was like, now that is if she's willing to do that, like in the freezing cold because it's the coldest capital in the world. It's like she's gonna make a great wife and a mm. great you know mother. You know, and I do. I remember that. So you know, I I would say getting like you know. You know, for those that are married or those that aren't, like this is this is a cool place. Like it's not like Match.com or something, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's just awesome people here. You yeah. know, well that's true. I mean that's and that's the truth. Like you want to marry someone that says yes, Lord, send me. You know that has that willingness. And I just want to close with John fourteen twenty three. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. You know, another version says, obey my teaching. My father will love him and make home with him. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's like when you're choosing a spouse, you know, you want someone that will love and obey God, you know, first. Absolutely. You know, and then, you know, because then father will make his home with him, and that's what we want. So thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having us. For wisdom and laughter. (laughs) My heart for this series is to encourage you, first of all, in your relationship with the Lord. But then, whether you're single, engaged, or married, I know that we can all glean from the perspective of these couples and the way that they're serving the Lord together. I love the way that Beth reminds us to surrender our plans and allow God to guide us. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing will of God. Thank you for joining us today. Again, our hope and prayer for this series is to encourage and strengthen you exactly where you are. 
I was encouraged by something that something else that Anessa shared, and I want you to hear it as we close. But I think one thing that surprised me getting married is that Jesus still has to be your source. Yeah. It's really easy to be like, oh, now I'm married, I have my person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jesus still has to be your number one go-to source of love, mm-hmm. source of wisdom, source of discernment. Um, and so I think as single people, mm-hmm. I think that's something that is a great reminder because I know as a single woman, sometimes I idolized marriage mm-hmm. of like, oh, I can't wait. But really the source of love is always there and always has to be your number one. So I guess the best thing as a single person you can do is continue to to enrich that relationship with Jesus because he's always got to be your number one. Even if the Lord does bless you with a spouse later, Jesus is always the number one source of love Mm -hmm. and to receive love from him daily is so important whether you have a husband or a wife or not, I think is something that is hard to remember when you do have the comfort of mm-hmm. someone physically. So almost like being single, you actually kind of have an advantage because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, okay, I have to go to the one I can't see versus sometimes I'm tempted to go to the one I can see next to me. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.